It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. You knew it was going to be a different sound this week. You've prepared yourself. Williams is out, so I'm substituting here on Cyclone Insider. You're used to this. I'm good with it. I hope you are, too. And I'm certainly not going to be any doing any, uh, you know, gloating or rubbing in because, man, last night was a rough second game to this college basketball season. But I think that there are some bright things ahead. That's just my opinion from an outsider. We're going to talk to the insiders, Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch, both hanging out with me in studio today. Pete, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing doing very well. You, uh, you're, you're ready for tonight. I, you, you already told me about that, right? Uh, women's basketball, you're all primed for this big uh, big. Is it on TV? Up. I would love to watch it. I, I don't know. Tommy, do you know, is this game on TV tonight for the women's basketball? Oh, uh, hmm. You know, where, know, you know where you can find it? Right here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 I, KXNO, yeah, Randy. I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, You'll Tanya, be... Tanya Warren is, is, I wrote about her when she was a kid. The Northern Iowa coach, and if you don't like Bill Finley, then you got a problem. You wouldn't be listening to this show. I don't yeah, I mean, so, so I don't yeah, know if we I have mean, too many KXNO listeners that don't like Bill Finley. I don't. Why, you know, how could you not like and, Bill Finley? In a, yeah, I don't know one person that doesn't like Bill Finley. <laughs> we, <that's, laughs> right, Tommy Birch, how are you doing, man? Good to good, see you. Good. No, uh, it's actually an interesting Iowa State women's team to cover because they're so young but so yeah. talented, and I covered that first game of the year. And they're, uh, you know, three of their freshmen really helped guide Iowa State to that win. Obviously, Bridget Carlton played a big role, but um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a rebuilding season for them. But I think that process might not be as bad as we thought it would be. Pre-game will start in about an hour here, 6.30 on 1460KXNO. You'll hear the play-by-play uh, throughout the evening. We really wanted to talk about what happened last night at Hilton Coliseum. Now, as we were signing off the air for Fanatics last night, uh, and I, I don't know if this happened on the air. I think it was as Chris and I were kind of walking out of the building. My, my memory's kind of fuzzy. Chris said to me, this is a dangerous game for this Cyclone team. Randy, he, he I don't think he was necessarily predicting a loss, but he knew that this was going to be a tough game. Not necessarily that uh, 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 Milwaukee is a, a juggernaut and can come in here and beat, uh, you know, win a game in Hilton by 20. But Iowa State's not at full power. Uh, they're still trying to figure a lot of things out. Milwaukee's not in that situation. So he kind of saw some trouble looming. Nobody saw 20 points at Hilton Coliseum. 20-point beatdown at home. Milwaukee owned Iowa State after the first... 10 minutes or so yeah. of the game. Iowa State couldn't shoot. They couldn't defend. They can't run a half-court offense. They don't do fast breaks. So how are you going to beat anybody, even if it is a, a Milwaukee team that was picked to finish 7th or 8th in the in the Horizon Conference? You're not going to beat anybody like that. It was, it was as bad an Iowa State men's basketball game effort not effort. They gave effort. They probably tried their hardest. It was as bad a game as I've seen since maybe Fred's first year or even before that. It was really bad. Tommy, that sound right to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think we all went into the season thinking, look, there are going to be a lot of t- trying times. It's going to be a tough road throughout the season. Last night's game really illustrated just how far they have to go and that maybe there are going to be a lot more bumps in the road than we thought there would be because some of those guys that we've talked about that have to step into bigger roles and play better basketball have struggled. The, uh, obviously, the first guy I'm thinking of is Donovan Jackson, who those first couple of games, it's it's been a struggle to get going. So, um, you know, things will get better because... Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have Cameron Lard back. Uh, you know he'll he'll play at some point. Hans Bracey will play, but those guys aren't going to fix every issue that is plaguing this Iowa State team right now, and is probably going to plague them throughout the entire season. All right, Randy. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how much Hans and uh, and Cameron Lard are going to make an impact. How, how... How big of a difference will that make for this team? Let's just start with Hans. He's six, okay. Hans Brace. He's 6'9". He's got more career minutes than anybody on Iowa State's basketball team. He's got more career field goals than anybody on Iowa State's basketball team. More career three-pointers than anybody on Iowa State's basketball team. More career rebounds than anybody on Iowa State's basketball team. Oh, you need another one? He's got more career 
ACL surgeries also, and that's why. And that's why he. That's like the one thing you don't want. At least. That's why he hasn't. He hasn't played yet, but uh, he's Iowa State's most experienced player. Okay. And okay, you can say, "Oh, gee, he's coming from the Ivy League." Nonetheless, don't, nonetheless, don't shake on the Ivy League. I know. <laughs> I heard that from somebody today. He's what he's going to do. He's going to be able to shoot it from the perimeter. Allegedly, that's what we've we've heard, and his numbers look like that. Um, he'll scrap a little bit in the middle, um, but not but not a whole lot. So, and he'll handle the ball. He's he's basketball IQ is off the charts. Don't expect him to play a ton of minutes right away. Maybe eight eight minutes or so on Thursday against Appalachian State because he is coming off his second ACL. So it's going to take some time there. But he by January he'll he should be into into you know playing expanded minutes, you know, full board minutes. Um, you feel like you're on a limb uh, with the uh, the Ivy League kid has a good basketball IQ? You feel like you're on a limb with that? No, not really. Okay. Not on this Iowa State team, I don't think so. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Cam, and Cam Lard is 6'9", and he's going to run. He's going to run it up and down the floor. He's very athletic. What his deal is is um, um, he'll protect the rim. Um, la- last night, Milwaukee got 30 points in the paint. I guarantee you they wouldn't get 30 points in the paint if he'd have been playing yeah. last night. He's going to intimidate guys from coming into the middle. He's going to throw – he's going to block some shots. They had a great um, stretch there, uh, Tommy. They had like that, what, four or five-minute stretch in the second half where they held uh, Milwaukee scoreless. It looked they were climb- clawing back into the game. Um, you you kind of scoff at that. Was that just Milwaukee <laughs> no, missing shots? Or yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's obviously a – a good point to make, you know, a good, good little point. But the problem is, uh, you know, when you're not scoring, it doesn't, it doesn't We're do much good. Enough, that's for sure. I We're mean, back it, fast yeah, it's insane to see. But it's like we said, right now, there's just so many chemistry and consistency issues right now with this team. And by chemistry, I mean, they just don't seem to know where they're going to be on the court, what everybody's supposed to be doing. And Steve Prohm's even said, look, they're, they're keeping it to the basics right now just to get them uh get everything kind of smoothed out right now and the, you really probably can't get more basic than they are right now the thing that Fred Hoiberg preached for so long was spacing and all that stuff you see it all the time where it seems like everybody's kind of cluttered together right. at times on the court. Randy, Last night what... it was like a soccer team, like like uh, my granddaughter used to play soccer. Bumblebee soccer, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> um, we were talking about Donovan Jackson earlier. It, yeah. He's shooting um, – he's four for 20 for the season, including two for eight from three-point range. And, and during media day, Steve Prom said he could be one of the finest shooters in the country. What made Donovan Jackson so good last year were the guys around him. Matt, Naz, Deontay. Who am I forgetting? Um, oh, Monty, Monty Morris. Yeah, all, all the anyway. attention they were yeah, getting. Yeah, all the attention, the defensive attention they were getting. Yeah. Every time when he Donovan went out was there, in he was... the game, he was the fifth option. Exactly right. He was the fifth option. He wasn't getting great defensive attention. So he took advantage of that, and, and God bless him for that. This year, he's the number one option, and they're they're clamping down on him. So far, he's not figured out how to, how to handle that role and play with his teammates. I think the good thing, if you are Donovan Jackson, is right now you are going to be the number one guy. But at some point this season, I think the hope is he doesn't have to be the go-to guy that once kind of the training wheels come off, uh, Lindell Wigginton. He little, can be the number one guy, and you've got some other options. Yeah, eventually Lindell Wigginton can take on more of a, uh, you know, more of a scoring role. What you were saying about Hans, the guy that can do a little bit more. The problem is there's just so much inexperience that he is, like Randy said, one of the few experienced guys on the court. So he's got to take on a larger role. And we saw it last year, where for a variety of reasons, one limited playing time, two the wrist injury. He got off to a little bit of a slow start last year, so we don't, you know, maybe it's a combination of not just role, but also the fact that, you know, it may take him a little bit of time to get into a rhythm. Randy, this could be a tough season, maybe, because Cyclone fans, well, for Cyclone fans, too, because last year you remember this team that was so good at all these things you're talking about, knowing your role, spacing. I mean, that that basically, the, the role, or... The situation with Wigington, not knowing his role necessarily, Cameron Large going to have to try to figure out where he fits into this. All that stuff takes hundreds of hours on the court together, hundreds of minutes, I should say, on not, the court together. Not on, yeah, on the on the on the game court and in the practice right, court. Right, right. 
together and they've been practicing don't get you know right they, they, it's not like they've just been out there they've been hanging out they've been practicing it, it is going to take time you've got so many new guys um the, the, right now they have no chemistry on offense they don't have any rhythm um you're you're two guys who should be your leaders of your team last night um nick babb and, and donovan jackson um had nine turnovers and six baskets combined that ain't good they had more turnovers and baskets i would say it had 18 turnovers as a team and only 16 baskets and here's, here's another telling stat from last night. 16 baskets, which is horrible. Five assists. That's, wow. it's, it's supposed to be, you know, somewhere 75%, you know, in that, in that kind of ratio. So, um, yeah, this, this team is, is having problems learning how to play together and, it, and also problems shooting. They're missing wide-open shots. I mean, It's it, dumb turnovers, too. It's yeah. silly stuff, too, yeah. which will get better over, better over time. Right. But You'd think. Um, you know, it's it's just, it, you, you know, you know Steve Prohm's going to be patient with him because he's been through this before. But I think the the problem I think a lot of Iowa State fans had have right now is their temp their expectations were so tempered they yeah. they weren't expecting much, but they were expecting a little bit better than this. And granted, it's two games in, it's really really early. But I think even we have to realize, man, the the bar for as low as it was, it probably needed to be lowered a little bit more too, which is hard to imagine because the the bar wasn't very high to start with. Let's talk about what's next, Randy. It's a tough start, but as I I agree with you, Tommy. Things are going to get better. I think everybody sees that. Can't get worse. Can't, can't get much worse. You do have Appalachian State coming up on Thursday night, and. I know right away some people hear that and they go, okay, that's a game you can really clear the palate uh, against a team like that. They're 2-0 against two teams that you could try to look up if you wanted to. (laughs) Don't waste your time. Yeah, don't even waste your time. One of the teams they beat, I I did see, was a D2 team. They beat by 101 points. Now that's... These guys will get up and down the floor. They'll score. Um, They're not... They don't have great size. They've got, you know, some 6'8", 6'7", guys. They're taller than Iowa State. Um, but yet, you know, it, it, you're right. It's it's one of these teams. It's a team that I that Iowa State fans should that Iowa State fans will think, okay, this is this is a game that Iowa State can win. I remember a, a game a while back. Iowa State played an opponent that everybody thought Iowa State should win, and UAB knocked them out of the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament in the first round. Here's the thing: Appalachian State doesn't have very many of these Power Five right. big games on their conference. This is, I think the other one is Ohio State or yeah, something. Yeah, this I is saw, their but, deal. This is yeah. this is what they live for. Yeah, so I mean, it'll it'll be tough. You headed it, down it there? It will be tough. Yeah, it'll be tough. Um, yeah, I leave on Wednesday morning. Okay. Um, it's nothing will be easy for Iowa State if if Iowa State can win two games. Somehow win two games, and they play. They play out. You know, all the all the all the. Um, uh, they play out. You, each team plays three games, so they play out the full bracket. If Iowa State can win two games, down air, um, that'll be pretty good. That would that that'll be very good. Uh, do you know? We talked with uh, to Chris about this around four fifty. Do you know off the top of your head the bracket if they win? I, or I meant lose? to bring the bracket with. Me. It it's, was Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa. And, yeah, gee. And and. and Gosh darn it! Who is it? Tulsa and and then there's a Central Michigan. That's or, it. That's it. Some, it one of the Michigan, Michigan, one of the directional yeah. Michigan. And yeah. there's a potential matchup with Tim Floyd. That'd be in the championship game, okay. I think. And that that would be cool. That would yeah. be really cool. It'd be good to see Tim, regardless. I, I've we've texted back and forth over the last I don't know week or so. So yeah, we're gonna hook up someplace. Um, that'd be fun to catch up with him again. And then Tommy, while uh, while Pete's down there, are you gonna head to Baylor on on Saturday? Is that your plan? Yeah, lovely Waco. I'd leave Friday though, Ooh. but uh, it's I like Waco. I really knows. I had fun last time I was in Waco. You just have to know where to go. I see. That's an East Sider's attitude. You, you hear give that, me a dude? Ho- <laughs> don't tell me this town ain't got no heart. You, you give, just gotta poke around. You give me a hotel bar, I'll be fine. <laughs> or crickets. Yeah. Or crickets. That works too. Yeah. What's There's a crickets? bar called Crickets? It's right off of campus. Um, They've got it's a sports bar type place. Um, the big game in there is what's that called? Jenga. Oh, they've got they got like remember a, the Jenga uh, giant, game in there? Giant, giant, giant Jenga. Jenga. We yeah. also went during homecoming, which proved to it be was a really giant Jenga. lot more a lot more entertaining <laughs> around around Waco. It's not going to be homecoming this week. I don't think so. No. Uh, but I mean, still, nonetheless, crickets is good. First time I've seen good food. First time I've seen the new stadium. 
Yeah, and I missed out on that the last time because it rained and we couldn't get out. Noah's, <laughs> Noah's art could not have gotten raining down to <laughs> couldn't. I, tried. I don't like to miss games and it, it just could not make it. Any other basketball news you guys want to want to share? Is there any anything else when we come back? I feel like we should wrap up the hour with some football and yeah, start getting into this. People right? just don't want to hear us talk basketball anyways right now. I think you're probably right about that, Tommy. So we'll be done with Who wins it. the women's game? I want to know this tonight. Uh, I think the women. I don't, yeah. Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay. Okay. I think it'll be a good game. Well, Pete, we're on Cyclone Insider. You want me to pick against the Cyclones? I'm just asking. They already dragged the Hawkeye in here to make me do this, and then all of a sudden Pete starts putting me on the spot about who's going to win games. I'm just asking. I'll go back to the east side. <laughs> when we See, get back, we're going meet you, to meet you at the You don't want us to talk about basketball? Okay, let's start talking about last Saturday and Oklahoma State, and uh, we'll probably start with the end. Uh, and the call, which call? The official's call, the play call. There's a couple of things that have uh, lit up the phone lines this week here on Fanatics. Even did a little bit on our Hawkeye Post game show on WHO on Sound Off, uh, and we'll talk to Tommy and Randy about that. First of all, with the officials, how that uh, they landed with the conclusion they did, and then we'll come around to uh, the actual play call and uh, putting one up to Marchie Murdoch back in the corner. See what the guys think about that. It's Tommy Birch, Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register. This is Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider, 1460 KXNO. We've got Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson hanging out with us here. Uh, just got done breaking down basketball and kind of previewing what to expect uh, well, really, not really what to expect. Nobody knows what to expect with this Cyclone basketball team coming up. But Randy is going to be down at Myrtle Beach in South Carolina covering this team, so you can follow along with him. Then it's going to be split duties because Tommy's going to be headed down to Waco to cover the football team in Baylor, and they're going to uh, be picking themselves up after Saturday. And let's just start right there, Tommy, with how, how has the reaction been in Ames? from Saturday how, how do you I mean just just your impression being around the coaching staff and the players how'd they handle Saturday's loss uh I don't know I mean I think everybody rough I don't know if it's rough because you know I I think the the feeling is man that team went through a lot and was still in a position to be a top 25 team there and Literally, I mean, you always hear people say, oh, we left it all on the field. Well, they really did. They put themselves in a fantastic position to win the game at the end and just couldn't get it. Now, like we said, everybody's going to want to talk about the call at the end of the game, and that that obviously is a huge talking point, fair enough. But like Matt Campbell said, there were so many other situations that contributed to Iowa State losing the game. There's nothing that annoys me more than fans whining, complaining, and blaming officiating for a team losing a game. It's easy to look at that last play and be like, oh, they took the game away from Iowa State. They didn't. What what, what have you been saying, Randy? How many straight points? 21 points in a row. Take yeah. off some of those points in a row, and Iowa State wins the game. Exactly. Iowa State went, went ahead 14 to nothing. Then in the next nine minutes, Oklahoma State's up 21-14. Give me a break. It was not one play that cost Iowa State that game. It was uh, not that, that whatever I was – if it was not that pass into the end zone with 30 seconds to play that cost Iowa State the before game. Before we get to that, Randy, I will tell you, and I've, I've said this a lot, I loved Matt Campbell's reaction to this, saying exactly yeah. what Tommy just said, that, hey, the, it's our fault for having put the game in that position. Yeah. And we've certainly seen – I'm sorry, Tommy. We've certainly seen, uh, seen the opposite reaction – when Absolutely. officiating has gone against Iowa State. A couple times we've seen it. So, yeah, that was refreshing. Yeah, and, you know, I, I know Iowa State fans at the time, they loved Paul Rhodes' passion. They loved that he was sticking up for his team and fighting for them. And like we saw in the Texas game when – he got on pretty much his hands and knees and was begging for the Tom, call to Tom, go he there. He literally got on his knees. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. just begging. I mean, people love and respect that type of passion. But on the flip side, what can hurt your team, and I think we saw it in that Texas game with Paul Rhodes and how a team moved forward, is if you can't move on from it, if you can't accept that one play or one uh, one call – was not the difference maker. How are you going to go back and tell your team the other thing? Amen, uh, Tommy. Yeah, I think I think that's why it was kind of refreshing to see 
a lot of the Iowa State players kind of take that route too. Now, Graham, we saw some of them take to Twitter. We saw Marchie Murdoch, and I think that's natural. They're they're kids. They're going to react that way. But I would expect talking to these guys tonight and tomorrow, we see that they have completely moved on from They better from have moved ball. on or they're going to get their butt beat yeah. on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, well, we'll talk a lot about what to expect with Baylor and Tommy again is headed down there. But I do want to talk to you about these two calls, okay? And, and I, how I wrote these down were the call, uh, parentheses officials, and then the call, parentheses the play. Which one of these would you like to talk about first? Let's talk, I say we talk about the the what's the difference? Yeah, let's say the call by the official. The call by the officials. Okay. Yes. Is it like a click 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 click? Yeah. Do we get the roulette? You don't need to get the roulette wheel going for you, Randy. Uh, so the the call by the officials. Uh, I saw this play happen on television. I think you guys were obviously both in. We guys both in the press box. Yeah. We're on the sideline yes. at that. We point. had the worst view of it. So yeah. And so then you just saw the jumbotron, and now you've probably seen well, some replays. I, I would say out of every spot in the end zone, we probably where we were sitting. That was the best place for it to happen because you know yeah it wasn't the best view, but we we could see it well, well enough where. My first reaction was that was a pick, and I yeah. think Randy right. said that yes. exact same uh, yeah, thing. Exactly. And, and watched it on the, television. And the defensive kid made a great play, got yeah. between the ball and the yep. got between the, the receiver and the passer, went up, made the catch. Had yeah, and then we'll go from there. I didn't right, right. second guess myself in terms of is that an interception or a catch until I started getting the barrage of tweets from Iowa State fans calling me an idiot now of course my <laughs> first reaction was maybe i am missing something i you know i didn't think okay these guys are looking at it through their cardinal and gold glasses but i remember watching the replay and i'm like i don't i just don't know one way or another i can't tell if that's a catch or an interception it's i know it's it's something maybe the more times i see it i kind of think it's it, it's it's like in baseball tie goes to the runner tie goes to the offensive guy mm. uh, but the thing is they ruled it an interception on the field and there was nothing that I saw that made me say you have to change that call there's there's so much evidence that that call is wrong and if they'd have called it a touchdown on the field exactly. it would have been a touchdown bingo yeah and I think that in the grand scheme Maybe. of things yeah I think that's that's where um, you know, I, I think I always say fans are so pissed off that they went up to the booth and they saw the play and could not say, oh, that's a touchdown. They don't understand that there just was not enough to overturn yeah. that call. And they don't. Uh, yeah. And, and the, it's just like Major League Baseball where the, the uh, when there's an umpire, when there's a review, they go to New York to do the review. If there's a review in the Big 12 Conference football, they're going to Dallas. Hmm. They don't have the replay officials sitting upstairs from us in the press box anymore. They're going to Dallas where they're doing every game. They're making the call in Dallas. They've got a dozen people there watching various games. And when the red light comes on or the yellow light, whatever it is that they've got a replay, they go huddle around the Hmm. TV and they've got more. They've got probably four or five people looking at that play. Um, so that's kind of the background on that deal. And the fact that they came back and not even – they didn't even come back and say, hey, there's not enough evidence for, for us to overturn this. They came back and confirmed the call. I don't know. No. Yeah, so, what's the difference? Well, basically, the way I interpret that is they saw the evidence on, in the replay that it was oh, an interception. Come, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I'm guessing – they probably had some reverse angle that that Something. wasn't uh, real yeah, right. prevalent out there, right. and and that they that they saw, and it, and it from the angle that they saw that the a what's his name AJ Green I think it was yep. yeah. had 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 possession of the ball when he hit the ground, and then the split second later the um, the wrestling match mm-hmm. went on. I, I saw. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're. Uh, I saw I, people talk, tweeting about. Um, 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 people on the Twitter were were were, were taking snapshots. Yeah, that's a snapshot. Randy, where, where Murdoch had the yeah, where Murdoch had the ball pinned against yeah. against the Green's dude's chest. The, the dude's chest. Yeah. Excuse me. That so that makes it a catch, you know? I, it, it, no, and it's a snapshot. It could be you know 
yeah, anything could be could happen in a snapshot. Uh, all right, so then let's get to the actual play call, Tommy. That's uh, that lit up the phone lines a little bit. Even again, on we get phone calls. Th- this is the first year this has happened. I've been doing sound off now for five years. This is the first year that it seems like we get Cyclone fans calling in that want to basically have that same sort of experience. You're talking okay. to call Chris? Uh, well, Chris, the show has only last for 45 minutes, okay. man. Those Learfield shows move. <laughs> so, you know, it gets like three calls in that time. So anyway, we get a few phone calls. And that some people were frustrated Saturday night. We've taken phone calls Monday uh, on Fanatics. We've heard some phone calls throughout the day today. With people that are upset about the play call, from Matt Campbell in that situation. A, that you didn't put the ball in the hands of uh, Montgomery, and B, that if you did put it up, it didn't go to one of your big receivers. It went to really your possession guy, Marcy Murdoch. Well, shoot, the week before, I would say fans were pissed off that uh, um, that the ball didn't uh, didn't go to, to Montgomery down the goal line, too. So Iowa State's kind of opened itself up to some criticism with some funky play calling I would say in the red zone over the season we see at times a very aggressive Tom Manning I the first thing I keep thinking about is that first series by Zeb Nolan then that series um, where they did take the lead where you know Zeb was just firing downfield they were playing to win that win that game Um, so and then once again the red zone then it gets you know, we've seen Kyle Kemp take some draws. I think uh, Jacob Park. We haven't seen a ton of Joe Wanning. This is one area where I will not criticize the play calling because, one, you had no timeouts left. Two, you've got the best wide receiver core maybe in the nation, definitely in terms of size and strength going against Oklahoma State's corners. And, yeah, there you 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 toss the ball up three or four times you're going to either have a pass interference or you're going to have a touchdown now this was the the five percent chance that you get an interception and you know this is the thing the same Iowa State fans that are complaining about the play calling are the ones that are saying that was a touchdown so you know you can't be mad with the play calling if you think it was a touchdown and what would, you know, people, like you said, no timeouts, 42 seconds left when it's first down, something like that. Um, you really want to run the ball? I mean, what if, what if a rush would get forced to the outside? Now you're talking about all kinds of minutes or seconds being mm-hmm. taken off the scoreboard. Okay, let's say David Montgomery rushes it and he doesn't get a touchdown. Oklahoma State players are well schooled, they're well coached, they're going to lay on top of you. They're not. They're going to be slow on 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 piling the the deck, you know, getting up. So the time's going to run off there. Do you? And then you say, okay, well, spike it. Do you really want? I mean, there, it's not as easy as as just getting the ball and, and throwing it down. You know, there, there's 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 some there's some some other stuff that goes on. That Instruction that, that yeah, goes right. on there too. Do you really want a guy who didn't even think he'd be playing football in this game? Do you really want him spiking it? You know, and then and then that would that would have been. That would have been on second down, and then you've got third and fourth down. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think the best route was to do what they were doing. Now, that pass may have been a bit underthrown, um, but but we've seen Iowa State succeed so many times That's in right. jump ball situations, and Marchie's even succeeded. He's your end zone guy. In, in, yeah, in jump ball situations. He and Lazard. Yep. Yeah, he's certainly succeeded in jump ball situations. I'm saying it was a great play by the defensive back. When we get back uh, to wrap up the show between 6 and 6.30, again, leading up to Cyclone women's basketball, we'll talk about how the Cyclones got into that position that Matt Campbell was talking about. It was all those other things that led up to that point that really is to blame for a Cyclone loss in a tough game against a really good opponent. And uh, we're still talking about a guy that is in great position to be National Coach of the Year. We'll talk about that and more coming up next. It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Another 25 minutes or so of Cyclone Insider. My name's Ross Peterson, filling in for Chris Williams. Chris is already down in South Carolina. He's down there, of course, for the matchup coming up Thursday night. Cyclone men will be battling 
Appalachian State. Randy, what's the name? What is this tournament? Because it's the it was the Puerto Rico. It's the Puerto Rico tip off. Okay, and but obviously they for can't play Puerto reasons, Rico, right? Yeah. Right, and for a very unfortunate reason, yeah. so they moved it to Coastal Carolina University, which is in Conway, South Carolina, which I'm led to believe is essentially Myrtle Beach. So obviously, I haven't been there before. Never been to Conway, huh? I've not been there. I've not Myr- been to Coastal Myrtle Carolina. Beach guy. Ever been there? Never been to Myrtle. I thought that was where you got your tattoo. Didn't? Isn't that where you got the dolphin dolphin tattoo? Was at Myrtle Beach? You've got me confused. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, you ever been to Myrtle Beach? Hmm. Oh, he's thinking about it. That means he's, he's think- been. Really that means there's been a lot of party destinations in the Birch. Uh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was thinking a, a spring break trip somewhere in there may have slipped in. I don't think so. Yeah. Off okay. the top of my head. Well, I've never, I've never done anything. I, I've, I was in Myrtle Beach, but it was not like spring break time. We went down there to Edisto Island. So I've been to South Carolina. It's beautiful. You're flying down there, though, Randy, and you're missing some beautiful country because you know. Oh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't like driving from my house to the airport. Uh, listen, I think you're probably. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Someday you're going to have to try to sell me on Waco because I've never heard a good thing about Waco. I've never heard anybody say, it, it, oh, I'm excited back, about Waco. Heard, is it from people who have been in Waco? Or well, that's true. Think that, that's, I'm just, who think they've been in Waco. I, I See, I've never been there. I so mean, I, you can go out and visit where the Branch Davidian were if you want to. That sounds like that's a heck before of, your time. Heck, no, I remember absolutely. <laughs> David Koresh, yeah, yeah. I'm well versed on Branch Davidians. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> drive out there in the, in the pasture and see where they were if you want. Tommy, let's talk about last Saturday, man. This uh, the, that Oklahoma State game. I don't care about the end. It was a fascinating game to watch from from the outside. Um, it, Randy kind of talked about this in that last segment before we came to the top of the hour. You get up fourteen to nothing, and it, things look like they're just rolling. I mean, there's a time in there where I I mentioned right before the top. I think. Uh, Matt Campbell is putting himself in a great position for that that talk for coach of the year in the in the nation. I think Tom Manning. I mean, and and this hit me when they're up fourteen nothing. This guy should be on people's shortlist for being a head coach somewhere, or he should be in that conversation for like coordinator of the year. He's done fantastic things. He's shown up with great game plans uh, for every game they've they've come into this year. And that showed up again on Saturday, right out of the gate, that 14 nothing lead. Yeah, the only thing that's probably stopping that for, for Manning in terms of offensive coordinator of the year is the fact that the offense has disappeared at some some pretty significant times. And okay. you look at the, I would say, the, the West Virginia game yeah. and the um, uh, TCU game and maybe, maybe Texas. Texas Tech game where the defense had to carry him. But look at what Manning has had to work with. Uh, a pretty bad offensive line where right now you've got two sophomores and a freshman who are starting. Very inexperienced offensive line. Four quarterbacks. Four quarterbacks. To me, that's the most mind-boggling part of it where they won't say it, but obviously the uh, the game plan has changed significantly from Jacob Park to um, to Kyle Kemp. And now I, I do think maybe with uh, Zeb Nolan – you can kind of go back to what that game plan was a little bit more with Jacob Park, but it just maybe it depends on how much faith you now, have. When you say, what, the biggest difference being that uh, uh, Park and Nolan are much more mobile guys, so you're going to have to be able to move the pocket a lot more. I'm thinking like that, or... much better arm strength. Oh, okay. Kyle Kemp, okay. you're significantly limited in what you can do downfield with him. That's why we've we've said a lot, you know, Trevor Ryan – probably is going to miss Kyle Kemp greatly because Kyle Kemp's bread and butter was a lot of those swing passes, slants, stuff like that, where guys like Alan Lazard, Akeem Butler, Akeem Butler kind of quieted down a little bit once we had this Kyle Kemp transition, and that's because, um, you know, he kind of zeroed in more on guys like Lazard and, and Trevor Ryan now. It'll be interesting to see if his numbers kind of go back up with, with Zeb back out there. With Zeb, you're going to go down the field more. You're going to get the 20-yard, like Campbell said on Monday, you're going to get more 20-yard passes instead of the the, the less risky 10-yards. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it has it – has, the offense is now changing. I mean, I want to give credit to Hofer, too, the quarterback's coach. Dude's got four quarterbacks. <laughs> right. So it's in, I mean, it's insane how. I mean, he's coaching Lazard too. Remember, or, or Landing too. Yeah, don't forget. Yeah. What's insane is how, and I'm hoping to write this, just how they have had, how Hoffers had every one of those guys prepared, 
and it's been different roles. One, you've had Jacob Park ready to roll, Joel Lanning ready to come in on a lot of red zone situations, and Kyle Kemp's ready once Jacob Park takes a leave from the team. And then Zeb Nolan's ready to come in in the middle of the game when Kyle Kemp's hurt. So all those guys have not just taken the ball but run with it on all their opportunities so far. All right, uh, Pete, what's going on with Kyle Kemp? Do, should they expect him down in Waco? Do you guys know any news yet? My guess would be that he will not play okay. against Waco. Um, Was it a collarbone? Is that what, it's something? No, it's, it's something, shoulder it's something, something in the shoulder. Okay. Matt Campbell did say right. did say that it's something shoulder related. Um, we've not been given a definitive. What is it yet? Um, and and Tommy will be with Campbell on Wednesday night, and that maybe there will be some kind of update at that point in time. Actually, Campbell said that he'll know more Wednesday. Tommy just going to hack into the Iowa State medical records up there? Is that, is that the plan, <laughs> yeah. Tommy Birch? I'm not going to admit to any legal <laughs> wrongdoing <laughs> you, on there. You keep your sources, my yeah, friend. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm with Pete. I'd be – I don't want to say shocked. I'd be very surprised if Cal uh, Kemp's good to go for okay. this game. and. So we're really looking at a Nolan Landing yes. rotation in, on Saturday. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, and and unless they go some David Montgomery Wildcat or 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 stuff like that, but yeah, Landing would be the number two quarterback. Okay, that's uh, all they have left. There's nobody else. Left. If if Kyle Kemp is hurt, they have one scholarship quarterback that's ready, and that is Zeb Nolan. They got a plethora unless, of guys who have played quarterback. Yeah, unless you count. Uh, you know, landing as a quarterback, but uh, you know he hasn't thrown that many more passes than Randy and I this season. So um, Devin Moore's hurt. Got a few more important completions than, than the he good. does. Yeah. He has it's been little, he has, and he has. It's a, not to diminish one more Joe ESPN done. feature yes. than you do. Oh too. yeah, jeez, yeah. Before we get to what's going to happen in Randy's favorite town, Waco, let's uh, let's <laughs> give some grades out for what happened on Saturday. So, uh, you, Randy, you want to start with oh, this? Well, that seems like eons ago. Okay. Um, where do you want to start? Offense. Uh, offense. Um, you you want to make Tommy go first? Yeah, I don't remember the game. I mean, I, I, I've seen two bas- I've seen basketball. I've got like a basketball fresh on my mind. What happened in a stupid game? Tommy, do you want to, you want to go first? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's okay. fine. With well, you're me. fine, Randy. You're fine, man. What did, okay? Stupid. Offense on Saturday. I'm I'm gonna give them. Man, I'm gonna give them. Yeah, a you B think I'm bad. I mean, they put up 42, 42 points. points. Uh, Zeb Nolan came, and they got off to a good start. Zeb Nolan, a guy who had only played two games before that, all mop up duty, had only thrown ten passes before that, comes in, fires two hundred and sixty three passing yards. David Montgomery runs for over one hundred six yards. You put up forty two points with what the defense has been doing for you. Usually, you win that game. And before you know, we'll get to the defensive water grades. I'm not going to be as hard on them because. I think a lot of those points stem from some bad special teams play. Okay. Randy, that seems fair. When, yeah, for yeah, B, I agree. B plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember Chris telling me on Friday that he felt like the the Cyclones couldn't win a shootout with Oklahoma State. That well, the they darn near did. Almost <laughs> did. He said that if uh, they, this game got into the 40s, he was worried about it. I felt like the offense played, from what I saw, yeah. and I, you know, trying to keep an eye on the hockey game towards the end also, um, from what I saw, that offense played fantastic. Yeah. B-plus seems right. Chris is right. You you. you the initial reaction was you could not get into a shootout with Oklahoma State. I mean, it seems like every week Iowa State's playing one of the top scoring offensive teams in the in the country, and, and which they are. Um, yeah, with Mason Rudolph, he's he's spectacular, and and Iowa State rushed him with three guys, and they, they, again, mostly most of the time, you know, rush three, drop eight, and he was running around the backfield, until, scrambling until receiver, and eventually receivers are going to break open. Um, so, um, but so for Iowa, and so that's what made it a shootout. But for, yeah, I would say a B for Iowa State just to hang in there with the shootout. Um, you know, in a, in a shootout like game, which is not Iowa State's deal against o- in Oklahoma State. B plus from Tommy, B from Randy. What yeah. about defense for you, Randy? I want to stick with the D and D for defense. Huh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because they gave up twenty one in a row. Yeah. I mean, and and you know, you could talk about that that one play. But, that's uh, a good offense. That Texas, I mean, that that's a that Oklahoma State team is built to put up a lot of points. I know like that. that. I know that. But it's a good Iowa State defense as well. Yeah, it is. Right. They still give up twenty-one. 
Yeah, best Iowa State defense we've seen in a long time, Tommy. And they gave up that 21 straight, uh, you know, gave up 40 to Iowa in that overtime game. They've had a few games where the points have piled up on them, and the offense hasn't quite been able to keep up with it. I give them maybe a C or C minus. Yeah. I'll go C minus just because, look, they did get a timely stop at the end of the game, put them in a position to win. They. They didn't, obviously, to me, I didn't expect them to be able to stop Oklahoma State. I expected them to slow them down a little bit more. Definitely not as well as they have all season because, like Randy said, when you have always great offenses that have come in, you've had better offenses than Oklahoma State that have come in there in terms of you can make a great case, Oklahoma and TCU. Yeah, and, right. um, you know, at times, Texas Tech. The reason why Oklahoma State had kind of risen to the top of the best offenses in the Big 12 was because all those other teams had played that Iowa State defense and brought those numbers down a little bit. So they didn't get uh, you know enough stops. They didn't get the turnover that they had been getting every other week. But they did put them in a position to win, so I go C minus. And they were put, like I said, they were put into some really, really tough spots with some bad punting. This, uh, this, this is something that we can. Uh, you're preaching to the choir here when you're talking to a Hawkeye fan about special teams being frustrating. You guys give grades to special teams, right? Yes. What do you give their grade, Tommy? Oh, man, I would say a D, just because the the punting was rough and. We talk about how good the Iowa State defense has been. Special teams has been great for Iowa State, except for maybe over the last two weeks. I think they struggled a little bit at West Virginia. They, you know, it was constantly putting the defense in tough spots where Oklahoma State was starting on the wrong side of the fifty, and that just killed them. They were put in a position to to fail. Colin Downing has been wonderful okay. most of the year and D a fair most of grade? his career. Most too. of his career, yeah, yeah. D That's a fair grade. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and I think there was some kind of a swirling wind a little bit, but but nonetheless, um, there 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 was the it seemed like Oklahoma State had had very good field position a lot of the afternoon. Um, and that's a direct result of the field of the of the um, the special teams, yeah. Right, and so Iowa State needs hasn't had a kickoff return. I mean, it, the returner. I mean, they it, that's still a situation where, um, you know, eventually they're going to outlaw the kickoff return. I know that, but you still have to have you still have to have somebody back to return it. Yeah, Landon Akers didn't do it. He didn't bad do bad. He, no, until, you're right. He did not. He did not do bad. Until, he did not do bad. But, I mean, it was it was nothing. No, I, and, and don't get me. Yeah, you're right on that. But yeah. he, I mean, the poor kid got rocked a few times. There were, it was really hard. Well, how about Trevor Ryan getting rocked? Yeah. And I didn't mean, yeah, you're right. The, the kickoff return was, the kickoff returns were okay. Yeah, but. Uh, Tommy, I saw this amazing stat on Twitter today, and I think it was actually the Iowa State Athletics uh, Twitter account that sent this out. Iowa State has not lost a fumble all season. Yeah, and, you know, I, we've ta I've, I've written a little bit about that with I mean, all the weird stuff that Lou Ianni does to to practice uh, ball control, you know, at the start of start of camp, he'll walk up to the room, he'll have a football, and he'll call on like a true freshman. He'll be like, "What is this?" And the kid will be like, "It's a football." And be, he'll be like, "No." He'll go to another player. What is this? He goes, "That's our most prized possession." Kind of like you know, a parent talking about their kid, and they do all kinds of weird stuff to mm -hmm. to get them to hold on to the football during practice now. Um, the the flip side of that too is I would say has done a phenomenal job and they have an uncanny ability to get turnovers late in key situations this season. That's those are the two reasons why Iowa State's won the turnover ba battle most of the time. The pick was the only turnover in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. no fumbles this season. The only team in the country not to do no lost fumbles. No yeah. lost, yeah, no lost fumbles. They do a great job of and, picking up their own fumbles. Yeah, picking up, yeah, cleaning up their own messes. <laughs> and and being the only team in the country that can finish the season without losing a fumble. And that's and I, I they're going to lose one now. <laughs> that, it's and, funny. And, I saw somebody, some of the national writers, kind of retweeted that and said, "This just seems like Stuart a Mandel. jinx." Is yeah. that it was Mandel? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I, I kind of hit on that in what I wrote coming up for this Sunday. Um, um, just to, I just mentioned it in a little blurb that uh, there's been – how many chances did I say? 774 chances, to, opportunities to fumble. for I mean, counting all the offensive plays, 
um, counting um, the returns and counting, um, yeah, and and the returns. There's been there, and they haven't fumbled. There've been there've been lots and lots and lots and hundreds of opportunities to fumble, and they've not done it. Two years ago in 2015, Iowa State was like third in the nation in 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 coughing up the foot, losing fumbles, and now they're number one. I mean, they're now they're the best, the most ball secure team in the country. Tommy, closing minutes. Let's talk about what's going to happen down there in Waco. Uh, Baylor is a team that I, a lot of us have kind of had this schadenfreude with them, and we've really enjoyed watching this team struggle this season. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'll admit it. Uh, and I hope that Iowa State goes down there and continues to add to their miserable 2017. They are a team that has shown some signs throughout the year of real life, and we all know that there's a ton of talent sitting over on that sideline. It's a matter of them trying to figure it out. How close are they? I don't know how close they are because eventually some of that talent is going to leave and the rebuild really starts to take place over the next year or two. But it's like you said, it's a team that's come close to beating some some really good teams and at least kind of put people on the edge of their seat. But on the flip side, Iowa State has played tremendous on the road this season. That's Randy Rowe about that the other week. It's insane to think that at one point Iowa State just could never win on the road. Lost now they in love a row. It. Yeah. Now they go on the road, it's no big deal. They they just win. <laughs> that's all that, that's what they do. <laughs> they want to get away from Jack Trice. Right, right. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's going to it's going to be tough to continue this, though, isn't it, Randy? I mean, this uh, yeah, this they team play at K State uh, on the end. Talented. And Iowa State never beats K State, regardless where you play. Now, I'm just gonna, are you are you looking past Baylor? You think this is a W, and and you're already of looking course, at K State? Yeah, yeah, it's a W for Iowa State. Oh. 30, like 34 to 17. I have to make my picks on Saturday, and I think that's what I just picked. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, David Montgomery's going to get. He, he might get 200 rushing yards. Baylor, Baylor is the worst rushing rush defense in the conference, giving up almost 200 yards a game. So David Montgomery could have a heyday. So Tommy doesn't matter who's uh, who's taking the snaps for the Cyclones. They should uh, they should come away with a W on Saturday. Huh? Yeah, they should come okay. away. And um, yeah, it's, it's Randy wrote this too. It's almost it almost is irrelevant who is playing quarterback for Iowa State to a certain degree. It is that next man in mantra. Just throw it to Lazard, throw it to Butler, give it to Trevor Ryan if he plays, and <laughs> and. And uh, don't fumble. And don't fumble. And don't try to throw them up to Marchy Murdoch in the corner. If you're going to do well, that, well, I mean, throw, unless throw it to the keep guys, doing right? that, but but yeah, but but there's a great defensive play. I mean, I'm, I'm going to stick with that one. Yeah. Have you guys already started looking at uh, at, at bowl projections at all? Oh, it's early yet. Yeah, I mean, because you still you have that, to know Tommy, how many go you, to the CFP. Yeah, you care at all about bowl yeah, projections I mean, I've, yet? I looked a little bit now, okay. just for the idea that now I, that Iowa State's how the. The Big 12 title game, pretty much out of the Big 12 title you're game. You're just trying to figure out where you're going to go on vacation over the uh, the holiday, aren't you? I mean, it's dude, bowl games are not a vacation. My mind. I, I tr- they're I, not a vacation. I'm not I've thinking been there, vacation. Randy. <laughs> they're I'm not thinking a vacation. Someplace to be able to unpack my shorts. Good luck. Good with luck that. with that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you guys are going someplace warm, certainly. Yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah, right it's... now, kind of the logical destination points, and it's super, super early. I'm with you on this, Arizona, Orlando. Alamo Bowl. Yeah. I'll see It won't be Alamo. options. Unless they're in the championship game. Um, I don't see that happening. That would be... I mean, I mean, the Alamo gets the third pick. Yeah. Um, so... Win these next three, or next Win the two, next three and go... Next win two. the next three and go to... Next two. Next two, right. The next two and go to Orlando or Houston. Yep. I'm pulling for Houston. And there I've is... I've been to Orlando during, during Christmas. We took our daughters to... Disney World for probably ten Disney ten holidays in a row, and it is impossible to get there. Tommy, final minute. You want to uh, you want to give a prediction for what we see on Saturday? You want to give a fi- you want to give a score? That's what on Hawk Central we go out on a limb. We give actual <laughs> predictions. We say Emmert we does? say specific things that we think we're going to. Emmert goes off the wall, dude. There's usually like four yeah, tight I, end. I heard he predicted a marriage proposal one time. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, he's or, or he, no announced he, the announced the child. The he, yeah, child. he thought that the Vandenberg his child. No, yeah. no, no. He thought that since last year Matt Vandenberg proposed to his girlfriend after the Iowa State game, that this year they would announce that they were having their first child. After gotcha. The game. That's I, okay. how specific we get, Randy, on I Wednesday nights. Zeb Nolan throws three touchdown passes. Okay. Iowa State wins by 17. I don't know what the score is, but that's. But they win by 17. 27 and, and David Montgomery rushes for. Uh, 
92 yards. Oh, 92? Under 100. No. Wow. I've got him over 200. Wow. Randy goes goes for over 200. Zeb but no. he's going to have 50-some receiving yards. That could be two. That could happen. Yeah. I mean, he's, that's, it's, that's what makes David Montgomery this such a good story. And cause, and you're right now, and and Tommy and and because he's catching more balls. If I, it looks like at least he's catching more balls than he did last year, so that's where some of his 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 rushes are going to being him being a receiver. Pete, my bold prediction for Saturday against Baylor is uh, we have three different Cyclones that take snaps: Nolan, Lanning. And Montgomery, I like. Yeah, oh, that threw oh, the idea in there of the of Montgomery idea, and the Wildcat. I think I like. Yeah, this could be the game to do that. And I, I mean, I like what Zeb Nolan did. He looked really good. He looked comfortable in there, which was most impressive. To he me. does, and it work. It's working out in a warped way. Working out good for Iowa State because he was going to be their quarterback next year anyway, or at least he was going to get the first crack at it. Now they've got th- they're going to be able to see him in in three games. I mean, taking the bullets. I'm assuming that the that that's a, that's assuming. Um, Kyle doesn't doesn't get back, um, and which is just an assumption. Trust me, but they're they're going to have seen Zeb in three games when the bullets are actually flying. They're going to see him in another spring game. They're going to see him in fifteen bowl practices. And you know from being around your Iowa days, and I've covered enough Iowa bowl games and Iowa State bowl games in forty four years that these fifteen bowl practices that you get they're very important, huge, very important. They're not important for the Lazard, the Lanning. You know those guys. They're important for for um, the the guys who have the been backups. And the, yeah, the kids, yeah. yeah, for the Zeb, for anybody named Zeb. They're important. <laughs> they're important. But he's get. But Zeb, the Zebster's getting getting action in live games right now, and that's that's invaluable. All right, man. Are you going to take off tomorrow morning? You said I am. Not Six South bells. Carolina? Okay. Six bells. Right. I got a. You're picking me up at my house. Yeah. Me to the airport about right. three. About three thirty. Right. I actually. I'm planning on getting up early Thursday morning. I'm going to come in for Travis is taking his kid down to Kansas. His son wants to be a Jayhawk, so Travis has to take his kid. Where's down his to daughter? Lawrence. His daughter goes to New Orleans. New Orleans. The, 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 uh, is the there, uh, Loyola to, down in New Orleans? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. So he's just piling up the debt, just backing that truck. up. He can afford it. He's a radio dude. Y'all yeah. make money. <laughs> right. Randy Y'all Peterson. make money. He knows too well. That's my friend Randy Peterson. Uh, I enjoy doing this, man. Big thanks to Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson, my friends from the Des Moines Register, helping me get through Cyclone Insider. We're going to throw things now up to uh, uh, you and I, Iowa State women and you and I women, getting ready to battle it out here, uh, pregame starting just a few minutes from right now. They'll tip off in about a half hour. Of course, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's going to be Travis Justice filling in for Chris. We'll have Hawk Central from 6 to 7 with Lystico and Emmer. Talk to you then.